Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Very excited to have a conversation with my new friend. We've become very like, good friends in the last like very few minutes that we've been chatting. There's a lot of synergy and resonance there. And her name is Kamna. And Kamna is, um, Kamna, I don't actually know how to pronounce your second name. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother. It's Bojwani, but it's a lot. Bojwani. Okay, now I did it. Is that right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Kamna Bojwani. So Kamna is a sexuality expert with a master's degree in spiritual psychology from Columbia University. And for the past four years, she's hosted Kamna Live, an online talk show dedicated to addressing taboo topics such as sexless, sexless marriages, infidelity and mental health. Today, she has 25K followers on Instagram and engages her audience on deep and uncomfortable conversations on the daily. Kamna's life philosophy is simple. Nothing in the human experience is profane, so let's talk about it. And you're in the right bloody place, my love. You're in the right place. I know I am. I know I am. I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here. So you live now uh, in California with your two kids, aged 11 and 14. And oh my God, you've got a COVID puppy too. So do I. Masty. What breed is Masty? Masty is a Shih Tzu and he has no, the concept of being alone is just foreign to him. Oh my God. Same as this one. Look, Reggae. I've got Reggae here. My little cockapoo. He's so, my mum has uh, had Shih Tzus for years, so I'm very au fait with the Shih Tzu. They are hilarious. Yeah, they are. They are, they are kind of hilarious. It's just the right word for him. So we've uh, already discovered we have a lot of synergy. Uh, India is a big, well, obviously you're from India, really special place for me. And singing, I just have to say, you've got the most incredible voice. I've been binging on your contact, um, content all day. You've got the most incredible voice. Like, Thank truth. you. Thank you. Uh, I've been singing my entire life. Well, we're going to have to do some singing together. Right? We've already just, like planned, right? We're going to meet up and do some events and we're going to sing at them yeah, <laughs> and bring I our dogs. So. Why not? <laughs> and also, of course, sex and relationships. I love that you are really outspoken about these topics. And uh, what I also, just before we get into that, which is obviously going to be what we're talking about today, but I love that your name is actually, Kamna is a Sanskrit word for desire, pleasure, wish, and fantasy. That is so beautiful. Like, I mean, if, if you believe in synchronicity. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? At some point, my mom said to me, she was like, yes, Kamna, you're only interested in soul and sex. And I think she was trying to be, it was trying to, she was, it was a put down. But I was like, like, yes, yes, that's it. That's all I'm actually interested in. So I went and got a bloody master's degree in it. <laughs> Why bloody not? Why not? Okay, well, let's get into that then. Because, you know, you specialize in sex. As I said, I've been binging on your content around it. And I was thinking, you know, what what do we dig into today? Like, what is the most juicy thing? And then I saw, I think it's actually your most popular video, which was why women cheat. Mm. I don't know if you know this, but you probably don't know this about me, but that is basically my whole story. And the reason I'm a sex and uh, not a sex coach, a, a dating relationship coach today I was a cheating addict. I grew up, my parents struggled with addiction, drug addiction. Um, and the way I dealt with that was cheap, basically sex and love addiction um, and cheating. Yeah. I was completely addicted to it. So so for me, and, and also I don't think that this topic is talked about nearly enough because when we talk about cheating, 
Like even today in 2023, I think the majority of people will associate that with the men cheating. Mm. But actually, you know, like I know from my own experience, women cheating, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And so the first question is, I mean, I'd just love you to actually, before I ask any more questions, like just talk a little bit about that. Like, why did you want to do a video on that in the first place? Sure. So it's exactly what you said, right? Even in 2023, the association is men cheat. And I think in most cultures, and I would venture to say in all cultures around the world, it's been acceptable, right? You know, boys will be boys, men have mistresses, kings have had mistresses their you know their entire reigns and all that it's great what's really interesting about that video and you're right it is my most popular video right now because the youtube algorithm has done me the service or the disservice of popping it popping it up to a bunch of men who are very angry oh if wow if you look at the comments, they're very angry at the fact that I would even dare to suggest that A, women cheat and B, it's not necessarily, it's not that it's necessarily their fault. I don't think cheating is a is a mature response to a lapse in a relationship or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, so let me put that out there. Uh, and I've cheated myself as well. So this is not coming from a place of moral judgment. It's such a shitty thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. To yourself and to somebody else. But these men are just very, very angry that I would say, hey, look, women are doing it and let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's give them the same kind of airtime that we've been giving male infidelity for so long. So I put up that video three years ago and these guys are, I've actually put out calls on Instagram and on Facebook being like, hey, ladies, jump in here, jump in here and and and, and balance this conversation out. Because the those men, of the hundreds of, of comments that are on there, there are maybe five that are like, I get it. Thank you for putting this out there. Mm-hmm. So men are still very hesitant to approach this with compassion. They're still ready to come in there with sort of this entitled kind of like how dare she kind of thing and I have no patience for that Mm. but so what is it that they're like is it that they're not believing that women cheat I think so it's interesting right I always believe that under anger is hurt yeah. Very often. So if I go back and engage, some of these guys just piss me off and I don't, I don't have any patience for that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, 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 but if I go in and I push back a little bit and I'm like, tell me what happened. Tell me why you think that somebody will tell me a story about, you know, she, I gave her everything and she cheated on me and she left and she took the kids. And there's, there's a lot of hurt now. Of course, there are two sides to every story and she may have a very legitimate explanation for all of that beyond the point there's only so much you can do on social media (laughs) in terms of digging into a story Um, but I do find that these men are coming I think they're coming from places of fear and anger Mm, okay so it's it's the men who are getting angry are the ones who've been and you know what there was a name for that Shakespeare I believe came up with it a cuckold Mm. and it was like the worst thing that you could ever be as a man because it was completely emasculating is that right emasculating I don't know if I'm saying that right emasculating yeah emasculating but what's interesting is cuckolding is sort of coming back as um as a as an evolved relationship form now where i get messages i mean i'm sure as you do people are not necessarily willing to put their stories out on the comments but i'll get private messages and i'll get emails from people from around the world saying all sorts of things and i recently got one from a gentleman who was like look i married an incredible woman and her sex drive is much larger than mine so i'm a happy and proud you know we're in a cuckolding relationship and 
everything's wow. going great. And you can't help sort of like drool out of the side of your mouth a little bit, right? If you've been in a traditional relationship and you can't break the norm around it, um, people are really men, 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 mm. men are, um, if, if they're willing to do the introspection and if they're willing to have the courage to say, I can break away from ideals of masculinity, what, what I've been told Mm-hmm. masculinity is supposed to look like you don't share your things, you don't share your woman, possessiveness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then I can really come to an arrangement that works for me with a partner that I'm really, really, that I really care about. Mm, God, it's, well, how things have changed is what I want to say. Things have changed so, so much. And you know what is interesting, um, Kamna, is that when I met my husband, I was actually speaking at a festival um, and it was it was about a book that I had coming out with a friend and which I was, you know, we had a business and we were talking about all this stuff. I used to be an actress and then I got into um, into this work after having my heart actually broken when I was cheated on, um, which is exactly what needed to happen to me because I needed to feel how it felt. I needed yeah. to know how it felt. Anyway, you know, my now husband was like, um, you know, essentially like we're just talking about why we were at the festival and blah 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 who we were here with and I had to explain I'm here you know I I did this workshop today and um because I'm writing uh, I've got a book coming out or what's the book about and I you know felt very easy just to to tell my story and share and I you know a big part of that was yeah I had a problem (laughs) like I Mm -hmm. fusion every boyfriend I had and there was a lot of you know we talk about in the modern day, how you, you, before you go on a date, you Google someone, you want to see, you know, what the internet says about them. And there was all sorts of articles about me, you know, and my lascivious ways. Um, and he was not threatened by it and he was completely open and understanding. But mm. I, I know that not, not all men would be, not all men would be able like to be so relaxed about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, they do say once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. Right. And I I've cheated on relationships. You've cheated on relationships. What do you what do you think of that? So great question. I would say yes, unless you have done the deep work on yourself mm. to heal the root the root of why you're mm. doing it or why you did it. Um, because you know, I've seen my parents go from a very, very intense drug addiction to having like the most incredible life that they've created for mm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I know that change is possible. So I would say, yeah, once a cheater, always a cheater, unless you actually do the deep work. And let me tell you as I'm sure you know yourself, like doing that work, particularly the beginning of it, where you start to actually understand yourself and understand why you are where you are, why you behave the way you do and have the issues that you have is so painful and confronting. And I understand why so many people are just like, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I oh, would absolutely. rather just stay in this bubble of doom because at least I know it and it's comfortable. Like I, this expression, I love shit stinks, but it's warm. Mm. And, and that's really it, isn't it? Shit stinks, it but is- it's warm. It's true. It's true. And with cheating, there's so much. And I would say particularly for women now, I think we all carry a little bit of a little bit of a generational fuck you. Right. Because it's been happening for so long. And especially as an Indian woman. And I've watched, you know, generations, like I said, of women just being shat on by men and Mm. accepting such ridiculous behavior that a part of me is kind of like, well, you know what? This is payback. Yeah. But it's not my responsibility. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. At least I, I think that's not the way. I as now in my 40s, and like you said, doing the work, I do a lot of spiritual work. That's why I started doing this work. That's why my my life's work is dedicated to sexuality and spirituality together in a way that you can 
implement it in your modern life, not going off to the Himalayas and, and isolating that, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But most of us still need to function within this paradigm. Yeah. Absolutely. So how does it all come together? And for me, the whole idea of integrity is, is critical. Mm-hmm. And when I say integrity, I don't mean it in a, in an arbitrary morality. This is right. And this is wrong, but the idea of wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find when I'm dishonest with somebody, when I'm dishonest with myself, it's a high bar, of course, you know, we still do it in, in different ways, but that feeling of being out of integrity with myself, it's, you know, nothing is, it's, it's not worth it. It's not mm-hmm. worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So that becomes the bar over and over and over again, primarily in relationships with myself that mm-hmm. then extend out to everybody else around me, even, even my children, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we owe our children so much more respect than we give them. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they're little shits and they have to get yelled at. That's kind of how <laughs> I do it. Um, but, you know, again, if I, I cannot be walking, I cannot be saying something to them and then doing something completely different. That's out of integrity. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And that's always the hard thing. What's that expression? Do as I say, not not as I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's 80s parenting. I think we're done with that now. <laughs> also, they're too fucking smart. They know everything. They watch everything. And my kids are watching me on social media and people ask me that question all the time. Like, oh, how yeah. do your kids react to you? I'm like, well, there's nothing out there that I don't want them to see because that's the whole fucking point, right? I'm I'm, yeah. I'm trying to lift the veil on the topic of sexuality. Why would I not want an 11-year-old and 14-year-old who are going to be curious about this topic? Yeah. Why would I not want them to watch and exactly. learn and ask questions? Exactly, because, I mean, to be honest, to be see their mum, a strong woman, discuss these topics, these taboo topics in really, um, you know, open and healthy ways it's far better for them to see that than all of the other crap that's out there. There's so much crap out there. So I think it's, yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so the next question I've got to ask is, why do women cheat? Why do women cheat, Kamala? Because, and is it different from, for the reasons that men do? I think what's different is that women can cheat now without the same consequences. I mean, they're not being dragged out into the streets and and beaten. I mean, sometimes sometimes proverbially. So I think that's the big difference. And I honestly feel a part of it is that women are just kind of, um, they're testing it out a little bit. Mm. I can do it. I do it. I'm doing it because I can. But a lot of the reasons are very similar to men. I think there's this misconception that men are just, you know, primal animals and they want to put their seed everywhere that they go. I don't know how much I believe in that. I think men have evolved as well. Um, so there is physical connection. I think part of the problem is, you know, my, my second most popular video is sexless marriages. Mm, I was so, going to come to that, but let's go there. <laughs> well, so it's essentially that, right? And we've come to a point where we're much more willing it's funny when I talk to people in their second marriages, they mm-hmm. seem to have resolved this. But in a lot of people in their first ones, you're kind of on a you're kind of on a hamster wheel that somebody else has set up for you. You got to, you know, you've got to buy the house and then the kids, you have to have kids and the kids have to go to the right schools and picket fence and so forth and so on. And I think that ends up just putting a, a, a big fat dagger into the idea of intimacy because I think real intimacy takes time. You got to create the space. You got to create the um, the incentive to come together and be vulnerable and be naked literally and proverbially. So I think in the absence of that, sometimes what tends to happen is you find it elsewhere. You know, in my case, in one of the relationships where I did end up cheating with somebody, we were just two broken souls. Mm. I was I was coming from a deep lack in my relationship and he was coming from a deep, deep lack in his relationship. And our two 
our two holes sort of filled each other um, briefly. Literally and metaphorically. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. Um, so I think it's if you care about yourself, like I said, come back to integrity and you care about the relationship that you're in, it's kind of your job to fill those holes in your primary relationship um, if you if you care about it. Mm-hmm. So I think there is the, uh, the, there's an emotional need. There is a physical need. I know there's a lot of conversation around, um, and I and I said this in this video as well, is that sometimes women cheat to save a marriage, to save a relationship. Let's yeah. say you're in a wrong, long-term relationship and you know, you're not, you're not being seen in the way that you want to, but your partner is, is kind of a don't ask, don't tell, and you're going to do your own thing. I will say that I don't know if those relationships last long-term. Mm. I think, again, that I think it tends to wear down because the duplicity of living two lives, mm-hmm. even if your partner is not looking to catch you out, I think those things eventually wear you down. I think they wear down the integrity of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think there are, there are lots and lots of of different reasons to do it. One of them is power. I mean, let's not pretend that women are not, you know, women are not drawn to power the same way men are, especially now when they've got the financial and they've got, you know, they've got career lifts and they've got freedom in a way that we've never really had before. Um, sometimes you just cheat because you can. Yeah. And I will say this, I love, there's an Esther Perel quote that I love where she says, the victim of the affair is not always the victim of the relationship. Ooh, I know, right? Let's very, Wait, very. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> the victim of the affair. So that I guess we think that is the person who's been cheated on. Yes, it's not always the victim of the relationship. Yeah, and that's the piece, by the way, that really gets those people who are angry with me in that video because they think I'm justifying it, and it's not a justification because, like I said, I think cheating's a shitty thing to do, but it is an explanation. It is true. If over time, if you are not the onus is on both people. Mm-hmm. So in, in in a relationship that I cheated on, it would have been very easy for my partner at that time to just up and go. Moral high horse, right? I, I think more than cheating, moral high horse gets my goat. Yeah. And, you know, oh, you know, you're a cheater and I'm out. Okay, fine. If that's the way you want to do it. But let's think back to what happened. Mm-hmm. Let's think back to where I contributed for sure and where you contributed. And then because we were able to get through that hump and then we went to therapy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We were sort of able to change the narrative around what happened and how it wasn't it wasn't just my fault and the scarlet letter and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we co-owned it. But that's, as you said, is really hard to do. Really hard to do. And one of the things I think is, so there's that side of it. There's the um, the looking at, okay, so why did this happen for, mm-hmm. like on both sides? And a, a big part, you know, for me was either not feeling, for me, it was the high and the addictiveness and the numbing out and running away. But there's also, you know, the other side of it where not feeling seen in your mm-hmm. relationship. But yeah. what I've said to other women is, um, and this is more when they've been cheated on, is so they go, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I was so great and perfect and like, you know, showed up and gave him everything. And I'm like, well, maybe that's it. Where mm. did you overlook the red flags? Where did you overlook? Because, you know, when I was cheated on, there were some really obvious things. And guess what? I didn't want to see them. And it's yeah. not just make me bad or wrong, but I need to own that. Why did I not want to see that? I fucking knew I knew yeah. there was so many obvious things. And like to the point where the, there was um there was like what's the word evidence that was like irrefutable. And I just remember like just going, nope, 
like and and until it it mm-hmm. just became too hard that I I couldn't deny it anymore. It makes me think of Othello in Desdemona, Shakespeare's mm-hmm. Othello. Um, obviously, jealousy and cheating is a huge thing. But then there's the other side of it. In fact, let's say, say what you were going to say before I go into the other side of it. Yeah, I was going to say that there's a real drama around, uh, and I think this changes when as you age. But when when we're younger, we're kind of drawn to the drama, aren't we? Oh, God, and we're yeah. drawn to the intrigue and the whole. I mean, having an affair is really fucking hard. Like, I didn't even know where to have sex with this person. I was like, I'm too old to have sex in a car. Like, what is there an app for this? And of course, <laughs> probably fucking you know, all sorts of apps for it. Um, but just the, the but the but the people people say that sometimes affairs are really seductive because of all the lying and because of all the, you know, the hiding and that that's an aspect of, of human psychology that I have yet to unpack, but that, that does tend to draw people in. I know that Esther Perel does talk about that a lot is, you know, to, you know, the thing about a healthy long-term relationship, like you said, it's like the sex, it's like, because you, you, there's such companionships and and companionship and safety, but that doesn't necessarily feel like the sexiest thing, you know, like sex with the bad boy was always amazing. And with the nice guy, it's, it's a different thing. And and it's like a slower burn. And, and, you know, a lot of the time I was just, I don't have time for this shit. Like I want to go, I want to feel all the feels and I want to feel it now. And I don't have time to fucking like let the intimacy grow. I didn't even know what that meant, you know? Um, the other side of it is when actually cheating hasn't happened or may not have happened, but some one party, and it can often be the woman, but it's not always the woman, feels so insecure. And that's because I think about a fellow, and this is obviously what happens in that, uh, where one partner is insanely jealous and starts see, like looking for clues and seeing things and, and is convinced that the other person is cheating. And the other person might be and might be gaslighting them. So that's one mm-hmm. way it could go. Mm-hmm. Or actually they're not cheating. Yeah. But the, and you know, the other person's just so insecure and projecting yeah. all of the stuff. Yeah. What have you got to say about that? Well, I mean, I I'll say that I've been there. I've been in in a relationship where and, and you know, because your audience is professional women we often hear this whole thing about oh you know strong women are intimidating and again I have no patience for it because men grow the fuck up yeah right but 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 if you are a woman that is confident and is you know sexually aware and and you you will you will tend to to scare people now the, the work the work here is um, you have to be so, your energy has to be so robust that you attract the right type of person and that you're not swayed by it. So I was in a relationship where this person was so insecure about everything that I did. You know, he did all, he, he followed me when I, you know, I thought he was leaving, but he was like watching me. He was going through my phone, all the good stuff. He would even say stuff to me like, you know, maybe I should put on a condom because I don't know where you've been. And I'm like, we're in a monogamous relationship, you dickhead. Mm. But um, what ended up happening is I just couldn't, I couldn't take it because what's the point? Mm. What is the point of being in that sort of relationship? So I think that you have to, you have to set that bar for yourself, mm-hmm. right? If you think that you're doing somebody a favor by pandering to their insecurity and constantly being like, oh, honey, but it's you I love. I mean, maybe there's there's sort of some maternal wound in you that feels like you need to be nurturing. I don't feel like I, you should be babying your men. How about that? I feel like men should be grown-ups and women should be grown-ups and everybody should take care of their own baggage. And then you can come together and help each other out a little bit. But I feel like you gotta you gotta own those, you gotta own those wounds. So if you're willing to tolerate somebody who's constantly gaslighting you or is constantly questioning you, that's a lot of wasted energy, in my opinion. It really is. And it goes back to 
you need to do the work on you first. And, and like I always say, do it while you're sitting. If you're single now, because I have so many women come to me and they're like, I'm single and I hate it. I'm like, literally flip your perspective. Do yeah. the work on yourself now because water seeks its own level. You are going to attract at the level that you are at. That's why I was attracting a certain kind of guy back in the day because of where I was at in myself. And again, this is not about being wrong. This is about just being wounded and needing yeah. some love and healing. That's it. Absolutely. So- I mean, did you go through a phase in your 20s or your 30s when you thought that a man that was really possessive about you loved you very much? I know now that that's control and insecurity. Do you know but what? back so then, I was like, oh my God, know, yeah. crazy. Do you know what's so weird? I was just writing a newsletter to my followers um, and audience uh, about that exact thing because I've, I was speaking to a client earlier who, uh, you know, I see, I've never had really had jealous boyfriends. If anything, I've tried to make them jealous to get a reaction and like test them. Yeah. Didn't really work. Yeah. The kind, kind of guys I go for just, yeah, they, they didn't get like that with me. Um, they just weren't, they weren't that type. They were very sort of sure in themselves in that way. Right. They had other issues. But this client was like, you know, it makes her, you know, we got to the root of it. It was like, it makes her feel seen. It makes her feel loved. It makes her feel like protected. Oh. It's, and it's sexy. There's a, there's oh. almost a sexy thing. For me, I'm like, that ain't sexy. But for her, I yeah. can understand how someone could think that. Yeah. You know? No, it's, 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 it's an augmented emotion. It's passion. So it feels yeah. like it's, uh, it feels like it's, it's fulfilling, yeah. but it, you know, it's, I think it's destructive. I completely do. I've never really, uh, I've never really seen it end well, you know, no. and it's not sustainable. You know, mm-hmm. you might have that jealousy and that heat and that passion and the fucking arguments, all of that. It might cause you to have like crazy, amazing sex for a period of time. But at some point it's going to, mm-hmm. the bubble will burst. Like it, I just mm-hmm. don't think it's a sustainable way to live your life. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Like having a health, like now being in a healthy relationship, far from perfect, but certainly healthy. And, you know, okay, my husband was it? No, yesterday he got a job. He works in the film industry and he got a job offer, uh, like a job confirmed the day before. And it was for Gladiator 2 filming in Morocco. So yesterday he's gone off to Morocco for three months and, you know, going to be in a film set with a lot of famous, beautiful people. I'm not not worried. I mean, obviously I'm going to go out and visit him, but I'm not worried because I'm like, you know what? Yes, I'm going to miss him. But I've got yeah. my doggy and I've got my friends yeah. and I've got a really healthy, exciting, vibrant life for myself outside of the relationship. I used to be like when I was in a relationship, like if I'd been in that situation before, I I couldn't have even imagined three months not with my yeah. person. And when I met Joe, we met with two weeks together when we first met that festival was really passionate and amazing. But I had, you know, I was, I'd done a lot of work myself. I was writing a self-help right. book. So I was like, you know, I've got to bring my head along for this. He was going off on a lad's trip to Bali for six weeks. So I kind of didn't, I wasn't taking it that seriously. I didn't think, it, you know, and he was like, I'll call you every day while I'm away. And he did. Um, and so actually we like having a lot of distance in our relationship has been a huge part of it. But I only can do it because I couldn't do it before because I've done that work on myself and because I, yeah, I've got a great relationship with myself for the most part and and my life. And I think that's one big thing when women can't, you know, they and, and that's another thing actually, isn't it, that I want to talk to you about. The couples that isolate and that they can't, they do everything together, they can't be apart. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I was thinking about this as you were speaking. I, I I do think that when we talk about doing the work on yourself, I think you have to be really honest with yourself about who you are and what you want. Yeah. Um. So if you are the type of person that wants your partner to be close, 
then you can't go out there pretending to be somebody that would be okay with, you know, the arrangement that you and your husband have, Mm -hmm. right? That they would be gone and different countries and beautiful people. Like that might scare the shit out of people. And that's okay. But you have to know that. And you have to say, look, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I kind of want to keep my partner close and not in a, not in a sort of possessive territorial kind of way, but I need to see you and I need to touch you and I need to feel you. Mm -hmm. And similarly, on the other side of that is if you are somebody that requires and needs freedom and needs independence, you got to, you got to be able to call that out when you come into a relationship mm. for the couples that are all about and together, oh. like codependent levels, you know, oh. I mean, I know couples that have a lot of, they have stuff in common. So they enjoy yeah. doing things together, but the the relationships that I see that are most successful, there is some departure where everybody tends, you you have to grow. I feel like you have to grow yourself as a, as a, as a plant, as a flower, whatever that metaphor is, because then you can come back together with more richness. Otherwise, aren't you like, like twins, aren't you squashing each other? That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. As you can tell, like I'm more on the, on the freedom side of the spectrum when it comes to my own thing. And then there's this, I just want, there was a quote um, that one of my old therapists actually said, and she was like, love is, I want for you what you want for yourself. Mm. which is beautiful right because if you can if you can allow joe the dream of the work that he wants to do and the places and the wonderlust that he has and the people that he wants to engage with then that's your the highest offering of love i believe yeah yeah absolutely and you know what it's made me think about because we're uh, you're a soul sister i can tell it already kavna but like you know both of us my value freedom um and yeah. same for him and it's like you know what you can both have freedom as your highest value and it completely work i've had it where freedom's been a high value freedom's been a high value for the other but it hasn't worked because they you you know they say in uh, asia same same but different you need to have enough similarities that yeah. like you connect and you resonate and you know whatever but enough differences that it keeps it spicy and interesting. You know, Carl Hill Gibran is one of my favorite things. I quoted it in my mm-hmm. first book. He wrote in The Prophet of Marriage, you know, be like the pillars of the temple. So you're not too close. You're not too far apart. You're holding up the structure that is the relationship. He said it a lot more beautifully than that. But you know what I mean? And I really get that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, for me, and, and actually, what's your thoughts on this? I've, I can't even remember where I read this, but for, for women, intimacy occurs when you're with your partner. And Mm. often for men, it occurs when you're apart. Mm. Do you think that's for men or women, or do you think that's just some people? I think that if I've I've A, come across that from a research standpoint, um, I'll give you you a very trite example that maybe we can extrapolate from. There's a very good-looking single man in his now early 50s who was always made fun of because he'd like to cuddle after a one-night stand. So I think that we tend to, I think we tend to put that on men a little bit is that they want the distance and that, you know, they need, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that's people. And I think again, that intimacy, I do believe needs time and it needs a foundation and it's, it's a shit ton of work. The whole, you know, the whole, the whole rom-com instant chemistry thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that can bring you into the room, but the the work and the communication and building trust and being vulnerable with somebody, that's what keeps you there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking of Joe, like he is, he is a huddler, hugger, you know, he's very, he loves, you know, I think we're both very well matched in that way. We we love the 
um, you know, in terms of love languages, both physical touch and quality time. Mm. But we, you know, we like having this space too. But I have to say, had I met him even a year earlier, we were both at the same festival a year earlier, but not in great places within ourselves. I was quite recently out of a breakup. Had we met that, I bet I even stood next to him somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't have been surprised. I I, I bet I did. But if you meet, the, you can meet the right person at the wrong time. I mean, mm-hmm. arguably on a spiritual level, I think there is no wrong time. Like I don't, I don't choose to believe that. But had I met him earlier, we wouldn't be mm. together because, mm. yeah, we would have just, yeah, it, it just wouldn't have worked. Like I, I had to have, I had to have that period on my own because I always was in relationships, jump from one to the other, you know, like that <laughs> Olympic ringing. I called called it. Um, but yeah, I met him when I'd had a really significant period of time on my own. And within that time, I dated a, a couple of people, but I'd also had big stretches, like months and months and months, where I didn't have so much as a fucking text from a guy. And I'd yeah. also moved back home with my parents because, you know, I changed my career from acting into this and, you know, took some time. And and so I I was like, God, I feel like a teenager. He's not even getting any sex or like any, like not even a flirt. And it was exactly what I needed because I had to learn yeah. how to find value and and actually joy, if I'm honest. Sure, sure. Just with myself and not from, because, it, you know, the romance had always been my drug of choice, always. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, if I want, but I also always wanted to one day have that, like, a you know, I wanted to be married mm-hmm. and have my person and, and build a future with mm-hmm. someone. But I, I had to get from there to there, the yep. the journey was the journey with myself. Oh, I and I and you would agree that this journey is lifelong, right? Yeah. It's not it's not it's not a one and done sort of patch. And I I, I like all the quotes that we're throwing out here. At seven in the morning is pretty good for me. I think it's <laughs> Nelson Mandela said something like, "I don't I don't lose, I win, and I learn." Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, I mean, I look back at those shitty relationships and all the drama and the boyfriend hanging his legs out of the window because I went out to drinks with another man. All that drama. And Wait, hanging I, his legs out the window? I mean, was that- talk, this is what happens when you do. Oh, you mean a, like sat on a ledge and I'm going to jump? Yes, oh, yes. God, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was like comedy where his roommate was like, he's not going to jump. Just come inside, have a drink. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, we, to be fair, we were in our 20s and we were very passionate, um, stupid and passionate. Yes, all of that is learning. Um, I think it's possible to waste that the, the the gift of alone time. You know, like you said, yeah. you had those patches where you you there were no texts and you really were encouraged by the universe to reflect and be with yourself. I think sometimes women were so and men too, but we're so we're trying to get somewhere. Mm. And we don't sit in the journey. And I think that's wasted time. I don't think the default is that, you know, you, you just, you just learn. I mean, you do, but you have to, I think you have to really internalize, you have to reflect, you have to be intentional about making, making the most of what's already come your way. And, and I, I am a huge believer in divine timing. And that's something I'm learning now because as, as you know, as all of us, as people who have been successful, who have lived a certain path, we're always, we're, we're taught to control our outcomes. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you go for the job, you go for this and you go for the career shift and you go for the schools, et cetera. And at some point you got to sit back and be like, when the time is right, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, you know, like they say, when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. I am actually learning to pull off some of that control to pull some not that I'm less 
proactive or less intentional about what I want, but I believe it comes when I'm ready for it. And I think the same applies in relationships. A hundred percent. Like I could not, I just couldn't agree more with everything you just said. And and like you said, it it doesn't end. I, I feel like one of the things I say to my clients on repeat is you think, and I get it because I did it. We all do it. It's really hard not to. It's what our culture sort of conditions us to do. These bloody milestones in our mm-hmm. career and in our love life, particularly. And we think when I get there, then mm-hmm. I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And we know, like, we can have all the life experience where we've like achieved the thing or got the thing, and then you know it's such an anticlimax. And like, you keep growing, and you keep you you know, life doesn't just stop at that milestone. Mm-hmm. It's new level, new devil. You've got new fucking shit that you're gonna have to deal with. And so I just come back to um, come back to the day. Like I love what you said about the the divine timing. Like come back today. If it's not here, if that thing you want is not here, there's a reason it's not here. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I've had to realize it's because I wasn't ready for it. Like in terms of like I've had it with success in career, like huge success in 2016 that ended up not happening. Mm actually because of me and my business partner we were like this this it wasn't right and we had to be like we walked away from tv show all of this stuff because something wasn't right and that was one of the bravest things i've ever done and i've had to really fucking sit with that over the past years as an overachiever of like and you know what it's like maybe i should trust in the way that i am like now i'm so so grateful i didn't meet joe one second before i met him sure I can do the same with my career and other things. And that's what experience gives you. So it's like, can you just come back to where I am right now is right. I am in the right place. And now look around at what is in my life. Number one, what is there to be grateful for? Because of our negativity bias, we're always looking at like, you know, and I'm the first one to do it. Oh, that's not. uh, But wherever you get to, there's always going to be new shit that you can like whinge about or complain about. So what is working? Focusing on that and like, just be like, well, this chapter of my life, what are the lessons here? And can I greet those with a smile instead yeah. of constantly trying to get somewhere else? Because yeah. we spend our life doing it. And yeah. then we're like, where's the joy in that? Yeah. The journey has got to feel the way you want the destination to feel. That's one I think it's yeah. Danielle Laporte said that. And I, I have to come back every time. You yeah. feel the destination, you're going to feel this. Come back. Is the, d- does today feel like that? Mm. Does the journey that? No, you're, you're feeling anxious and stressed and crap about yourself. Mm-hmm. then you're, you're never firstly you're never going to get there and even if you do you won't be fucking fulfilled yeah it's the it's the law of attraction right if you're coming in from scarcity if you're coming in from anger if you're coming in from i deserve this and i don't have it yet that's just what you're going to be you're going to be given more of that shit right yeah um, and, I, and i do think that the the idea of gratitude is so it's such it seems like such a cliche but it's so powerful and honestly the the work that i'm getting deeper and deeper into simple simple joy and simple pleasure and i and i and i will say this for women men don't have it in the same degree because we're all women are all you know we've got an agenda we've got to prove ourselves you know we're, we've got to shatter glass ceilings and we've got to we've got to close those wage gaps and yes we absolutely need to absolutely need to do that but at the same time it does mean that it doesn't mean that we have to give up the things that give us joy like you know you and I talked about singing I don't mm. fucking sing very much Mm. And it's it's the thing that makes my heart so. And I've been recently, the, just the last couple of days, been telling my close friends, I need to clear out some time so I can sing. Do you know what, Pamela? I've got to show you this. Hold on. Uh, 
I have the same. And so I, I've like, I've made it a commitment as part of my part of my spiritual practice. Every single morning after meditation, I do even if it's five minutes. My my rule is you just have to play one song, yeah, and sing one song. Go. And there then when once you start doing it, instead of like you've got to write ten songs because I also write songs and. You know, it was a huge thing. I was a sing- actress singer and it was a huge part of my joy. And and I think yeah. because I left that career and there was a lot of shit, I, I almost threw, I, ba- I did, I threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, I believe that. Um, but you know what? I, that for me, I'm like, this has got to be a commitment. What I did ayahuasca, me and Joe mm. did ayahuasca for the first mm. time last year in Costa Rica, which was incredible. And that was mm. the whole thing that came out was like, you need to sing. And not yeah. to be a pop star, because before it'd be like, yeah, but like, what's the goal? And yeah. that's like, you just sing for you. Yeah, you sing for the, you sing for the love of it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And, and, that, that, and that's what I mean. I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves that we're, we, we miss the, those little things, you know, just taking time out again, these things sound like, because we hear it all the time. Oh, mindful meditation, go for a walk and go for, go for a walk by the beach, go for a walk by the fucking beach. Mm. It works. It works. Yeah. It's a small, easy, cheap fix to yeah. a shitty mood, to a lower vibration. Yeah. It literally yeah. is or, or or a tree or you know, whatever the f- hug a tree. Hug a hug a tree. tree. It you're really listening now. Go and it hug a fucking tree. tree. <laughs> That's your homework. <laughs> I know. I'm a, I'm a kooky little hippie, but here I am <laughs> hugging trees and talking. Whatever. It works. It, it really does. Okay, yeah, when I when I meet you in the flesh, we're gonna go and hug some trees, and we're gonna oh my see God. God doing it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I goosebumps. I'm so ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> Listen, I could talk to you forever. This has been one of my favorite podcast episodes ever. I've loved it. But we're gonna have mm-hmm. to start wrapping up. So before we do, I've got some I like to call them the home straight questions. So they're yes. like lightning round. So don't overthink it. Just the first thing that comes into your head. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Yeah. What love life advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Oh, trust your trust your gut. Trust mm. your gut. You you know it. Don't let the well, we'll keep it, we'll keep it short. Yeah, trust your gut. Beautiful. What's one thing people may be surprised to know about you? That I am a major extrovert, but I love time on my own. Same as me. <laughs> okay, so where before the last question, where can people find out more about your work? Sure. So I, th- I think Instagram right now is the most comprehensive. So it's Kamna Live, K-A-A-M-N-A, Kamna Live. Um, and as you said, uh, Kamna means desire and wish and Kamna Sutra is just too easy. So that might be coming up <laughs> in our future. But for now, it's Kamna Live. You're going to have to get that domain if you haven't already. I'm going to have to. It's just too easy. It's too easy. So good. Um, we'll link those in the show notes as well. Okay. So final question. What is your number one piece of advice for the single women out there who are listening to this, they're thriving in their career, but struggling in a love or sex life. What would you say to them? I would say whatever you want, you think you want an external lover to give you, learn to give yourself mm. comfort, joy, security, fun. Um, I don't believe anybody is half the whole idea of you complete me. I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So complete yourself and then you'll find somebody complimentary. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so much for your incredible wisdom and your uh, just your just your energy. You're great. I'm so glad that you're now in my life. You're not going to hear like the back. I'm not going to see the back. No, we're, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> we're going to have some global fun. I can tell. Thank you so much yeah. for having me, Pleasure. This was great. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. And that's a wrap. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.